everyone and welcome back to episode 30 of the Counseling Conversations podcast. This is Andrea, your host, and I'm a registered counsellor and mental health clinician in Western Australia. And if you are joining us today for the first time, welcome to the podcast and I'm so thrilled that you could listen in today. These podcast episodes last around 15 minutes on average, and they're about topics that encourage and empower listeners on their mental health journey, whether you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s and beyond, your mental health is an essential part of your existence. You are not alone on your journey and your presence in this space is very welcome. So let's go ahead and begin this episode. So today we are talking about the topic of our childhood and when we say childhood today we're referring to that age range between birth to around the 18-year-old mark. So why are we talking about this? Why is this childhood period of life so important? Is it even relevant to us now? How do our early experiences in life affect who we are now and how does it affect our mental health? Well, have you ever had those moments where you've noticed something about yourself and you've wondered why you respond the way that you do or feel the way that you do? Are there times where you wonder about your mental health and how you got to be where you are now? The answer is most likely going to be related to the experiences that you had in your childhood. What you heard, what you saw, what you perceived as a growing human, amongst other factors within those growing up years. As many, many research studies indicate, early negative experiences, adverse childhood experiences, also known as ACEs, that occur in homes, schools or digital spaces can really increase the risk of mental health difficulties and substance misuse and even debilitating addictions in later life. So to be more specific, early childhood would be from 0 to 5 years, middle childhood would be from 12 to tw- from 6 to 12 years, and adolescence would be considered from 13 to 18 years. So our childhood experiences and events that took place are very important because what we heard and saw back then and what we learned and what we understood about others around us formed our core beliefs and our understanding of ourselves and our place in this world. The messages that we received from those around us and what we came to believe back then has a lifelong impact on our knowledge of who we are and how we view the world. In a future episode, we will talk more about what core beliefs are and their impact on us. So whether or not you have ever considered it or explored it, our early experiences in life have shaped the structure and architecture of our brain and provided us with the foundation for our learning and our decisions and our behaviours. So you might be wondering what went on during those years. 
Well, for most of us, it would have been inconceivable to objectively appraise our childhood events and experiences whilst being in the position of a child because we would not have been able to see what was beyond our family unit and its dimensions. Our childhood would have been all we ever knew of the world at the time. And unless someone pointed out that something was unusual, or unless we were shown something different or placed in a different environment, or unless therapy at the time was focused on our families, we would not have been made entirely aware of what was typical or atypical, what was healthy or dysfunctional, what was appropriate or inappropriate, and sometimes not even what was abusive and non-abusive. Even if we were somewhat aware of things, what could have been done about it, given that for most of us, our survival depended on our family unit? So this isn't to say that there is a right or wrong way of functioning within family systems because every family has their unique system and they're entitled to it. However, there are certain healthy behaviours, interaction styles and ways of relating to one another that would be seen as helpful and supportive of a child's developing sense of self, their feelings of safety in the world and their well-being. These healthy models can go a long way in helping a child navigate the world and navigate their relationships and the challenges that come their way as an adult. For some of us, it might be hard to recall or make sense of our first 18 years of life. It also normally goes by in a flash and it gets forgotten about. Or for others, it was not maybe too long ago or maybe we still might be going through our childhood years so we we remember it quite vividly and for others including myself after engaging in therapy and working through many family of origin related matters a lot of things became clear that weren't clear before perhaps you don't fall into any of these groups and that is totally okay. The most important thing here is to be aware that your early and earlier experiences in life have shaped many aspects of how you think, feel and operate as an adult. As an adult, you get to decide for yourself now what you will do with these experiences. For some of us, we've had a wonderful childhood and for others, we've had a combination of negative and positive events as a child, which is very common. And for others still, we've had a childhood filled with disappointment and terrible circumstances, just like the many thousands of people out there. You are not alone and not all is lost because studies have shown that many people do recover from negative and even traumatic childhood experiences with the help of professionals and mental health practitioners. The brain is malleable and adaptable, fortunately, and recovery and healing is absolutely possible. And I've seen it happen firsthand. So let's keep moving on. We've all been through childhood and we have all known of young ones who are going through childhood as well. And we also know that our parents once went through childhood. But what exactly went on in our brains as we were developing? What were the important stages and challenges? Why did we experience what we did? 
Well, you might have heard of a famous German-American psychoanalyst called Eric Erikson. He studied these questions and made some discoveries. Eric Erikson was influenced by Freud and known for his theory on psychological development of human beings, with eight stages from birth to the end of life. We will briefly talk about the first five stages that take us to the 18-year-old mark. So let's move on to discuss the stages. And whilst we do, let's try and keep in mind how this applies to our own childhood development or the development of a loved one. The first stage is called trust versus mistrust, and it lasts from birth until 18 months. Erickson believed that the most important period of a child's life is this first stage because of how it shapes the child's view of the world as well as their overall personality. Can you believe that? The first 18 months of life and we are pretty much set. So at this stage, the child is entirely dependent on others for their care and safety and therefore it's during this stage that children build foundations of trust or mistrust in the world. Erickson identified that in order for a child to develop trust, there are three needs for that child. These are affection, comfort, and food. When these needs are consistently fulfilled, the child learns that they can trust their needs to be met and therefore go on to develop trust. Children raised by consistently unreliable, unpredictable parents who fail to meet their basic needs eventually develop an overall sense of mistrust. Erickson believed that if a child successfully develops trust, they will feel safe and secure in the world. The next stage between the ages of 18 months to 3 years old is called autonomy versus shame or doubt. According to Erickson, this is the stage where a child learns to be independent. Caregivers are encouraged to promote their child's autonomy by allowing their child to, for example, choose what clothes to wear, even if they aren't colour coordinated or matched very well. Caregivers who discourage autonomy may consistently reject their child's ideas or they don't allow their child to make any of their own choices for food, for example. It could also be where a caregiver loses patience and steps in to simply complete the task when, for example, a child is trying to tie their own shoes or get dressed on their own. Children who have a sense of control and who have confidence in their skills are more likely to succeed in their social, academic skills and other tasks. The third stage between three to five years is called the initiative versus guilt stage where the child's challenge here is to develop initiative, a sense of purpose, rather than a sense of failure and guilt. The question here that the child is seeking is, am I good or bad? To reduce the guilt and increase initiative, it's important that parents and teachers and caregivers avoid excessive criticism, ridicule and dismissiveness. 
If a child is encouraged to keep trying through practice and persistence, they begin to see their mistakes or failures as learning opportunities. Encouraging a child's natural curiosity without judgment or impatience is crucial at this stage. The fourth stage from six to 11 years is industry versus inferiority. This stage is vital in developing self-confidence and a sense of competence. It's important for teachers and caregivers to offer support and encouragement and be careful not to equate achievement with acceptance and love. Unconditional love and support from adults can help children through this stage, especially those who struggle with feelings of inferiority. The fifth stage from the ages of 12 to 18 years is called identity versus confusion. The major question in this stage is, who am I? And the important events are related to social relationships. Do you remember as a child in this stage feeling left out at school or facing peer pressure? Do you remember feeling socially awkward? Children who aren't allowed to explore and test out different identities might be left with role confusion, which can result in being unsure of who they are and where they fit, drifting from one job or relationship to another, feeling disappointed and confused about their place in life. So what can help in this stage? Positive role models, open communication with caregivers and peers, as well as encouragement to be independent and the freedom to express themselves creatively can really benefit these individuals for years and years to come. So to summarize today, our childhood and the developmental years of life are very important as those early experiences have shaped our thinking, core beliefs, and how we view the world. Erickson, Erickson's psychosocial stages of development gives us insight into the key areas and challenges of development as a child. No human caregiver family or environment is perfect and there's no one way of doing things. Human beings are adaptable and it's possible to rebuild any of these key developmental areas for yourself if it's something that you desire. So that concludes this episode for today. Thank you for listening in my friends and until next time, may you have peace, empowerment and experience joyful living.